Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to DweebCon. Yeah. Thank you all for coming. And um, we're going to get started in a second. Uh, one thing we just want to let you know is that... Um, we don't care if you're loud, you're laughing, you throw things. We don't care. It's, if you throw anything, aim it toward Chuck. Uh, Brandy is going to give you some very important information about the events this weekend, and then we'll get started. I'm not really going to do that, so <laughs> like at all. But um, so we do want to thank Leanne and Kate and Anon and all of the great people that helped us pull this together. Um, we really appreciate what you guys have done for us. We appreciate you all being here. This is completely, ridiculously amazing. Um, just a little mm, thing. So this story is not um, this story is not something we would normally do. It's kind of it's dark. It's pretty goddamn dark. Yeah. It, it is. <laughs> and so we're gonna um, we're gonna do we're gonna do the best we can with it. Um, but it's, it's very dark, so just kind of bear with us and we'll get out of it what we can. Um, there is a thing, eight o'clock tonight, everybody's going to meet up at the Rook. If you weren't there last year, the Rook's a really cool little bar that's got all kinds of board games and stuff. Um, I don't think we got into a game of Clue last year, but you know, the day's young, we might. We have Twister tonight. Do we have Twister? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Naked Twister. No, that's not naked. Not not naked twister. Um, is there anything else that I need to announce? Yes, the uh, walking tour. I said that. Okay, I wasn't paying attention. Of course you weren't. But again, there is a walking tour later. Okay, look here. We ain't here, we ain't here to raise you, goddammit. We put the thing right, out. We put it online. Leanne, where, what's going on with the walking tour? The walking tour is at 4.30 after here. Um, we'll just meet out the front and get there. It's in Fountain Square. She and is that, not from here. And that sounded fancy. She does not sound like she's from she's here. She's fancy. She's so fancy. She says vitamins. I don't like that. Vitamins? Yeah, vitamins. Eat vitamins. your, take your vitamins. I don't. I don't like that. I'm sorry. It should be vitamins. It's, it, well, look. Do you this want me is to all hit brandy her? time, you know. Do you want me to hit her with something? No, I haven't even. I'm not even being I haven't really introduced you yet. Yeah, so, and like, like Tim said, you know, be loud, be crass. We don't care. We're all just here to have a good time. So, are you ready to get this? Yeah. Ready to get this going? Yes, Ali Field. Come on. <laughs> you ain't won a damn Oscar now. Sit down. Norma Ray. <laughs> you, you don't Give her my a microphone. Life. 
you do not know my life. All right. Hey, we're, so we're just going to do this like we normally do it, the intros. And um, I hate to tell you how we're recording. You want to tell them how we're recording this? It's a sound engineer's wet dream is what we have up here. <laughs> so that's all you need to know about it. When you, get the, when you hear it, the quality will be fine. Don't you worry about it. His iPhone's taped to a pole by the speaker. <laughs> it's recording. <laughs> we spare no, uh, no expense. Very well prepared. Uh, okay, it's so amazing, welcome to History Dweebs Live. DweebCon, the two, the Wrath of Brandy. I don't know why we did any of that. Yes. You, yes. Named, it. you yes. named it that. I know. Um, we're, today we're going to go through a, this script is um, pretty a pretty dark story, as Brandy said. It is uh, recommended by Lee Ann, so let's give her uh, some applause. And it was actually written by Jason Dykes, so thank you, Jason. Um, before we get started, though, let me introduce my co-hosts. The, I am joined to my right by the lady who's so no, so known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolence, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. <laughs> How are you today, Brandy? <laughs> Thank you. I'm good. I'm a little, little hungover, so if instead of applause we could just do jazz hands, that would be... <laughs> Fucking perfect. So you, so you drank last night? I did drink a little bit. Uh, I drink a little bit, but I don't, I don't normally get to go out of my house, so this is a big deal. So I'm great. So you're away from young Noah? I'm away from all of the dicks in my house. So, <laughs> yay! And I've got you dicks here, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> okay, is that enough brandy time? Plenty of brandy. Okay. Like two minutes, too much of brandy time. Of course it is. Then let me introduce the man to my left. He has uh, been described as um, the, um, what have you been described as? An oasis, an oasis in the desert of despair. The moral compass of our podcast. Nope, nope, nope. The very honorable, the reverend. The, the Yoda of podcasting. <laughs> the Yoda of podcasting. Colonel Charles Beauregard, Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Settle down, settle down. I'm not good, Timmy. Oh, wait, he's not good. I'm not good. What's wrong, Colonel? Well, I came down here to DweebCon, Timmy, and I thought I'd meet some of our listeners, and I went down to the Millennium, and what I saw was debauchery. Debauchery. <laughs> and you know who you are. I don't need to call you by your name. I don't need to call you out, Anon. Anon? Yeah, I don't need to. You devil, I what? seen you. you I seen nothing. you. You he, made, you were too you close to what looked like shit. a hobo. Well, yeah. she wanted money from me. So, Alex, yeah, <laughs> Alex, she was, what I want to know is what causes so much pain that makes you people turn to that devil juice, okay? <laughs> now, I do this podcast, but there, there's another page, and it is the, the what is it to me, the First Church of the Latter-day Colonel. Yeah, and you if you go to that Facebook page, you will find some information that will change your lives. Because I know it's pain causing you to drink. You don't have enough Colonel 
in your life. That's what you need. I can fix you. Just trust me, I'll fix you. I have more than enough kernel in my life, and maybe that's why I drink. Well, you were drinking a lot. I know. So I just want you all to know I am so happy that you're here, but you disappointed me. Okay? Will they be some laying on of the hands tonight? They're going to have to be. I had to stop and get extra oil for all these heathens here. I feel like there was laying on of the hands last night. Not around me. All right. I was so, drinking water all night, like you people should have been. <laughs> all right, let's get in. We're, the topic, we're gonna, uh, the topic for the podcast is the Ant Hill Kids cult. We're going to discuss a cult because you fuckers are sick and you like cults. So I love cults. I know. Wow. Well, hey, you're in the right place then. And um, let me say, Jason um, wrote this script, and he found all the most fucked up names that's hard to pronounce. <laughs> so we're going to try to get through this. I'd like to see his Google searches come up with this shit. <laughs> so with the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> they, well, they probably already got him. All right, Colonel Rock Throt. It's a stupid name. Rock? Rock Throt. You like that name? That's, that's a good name. It's a dumb name. Oh, oh I can, I'm name. reading ahead. This is a Canadian. Yes. Oh, for Christ's sake. Why are we doing a Canadian? <laughs> Rock the Rot was a Canadian cult leader, Colonel, who led the cult called the Ant Hill Kids between 1977 and 1989. What were you doing during those years, Frank? Uh, I don't know. Probably drugs. Doesn't that Probably. sound, sound like been a drugs. boy band? What? The an, a boy band, the yeah. Antil Kids? It, no. It Nick Lachey was in there. Yeah, he was in there. No. No, no, no. <laughs> Rock maintained multiple wives, Colonel. Your thoughts uh, on that? That can't be easy, Tim. That cannot be easy. <laughs> um, his followers, including, he had 22 adults and 20, or I'm sorry, 12 adults and 22 children following him, Colonel. The children's even harder, Tim. They lived under his totalitarian rule. Well, if you're going to have that many wives, you've got to be a totalitarian. You've got to get them toe the line, devil. Yes. Spit that word out again. Totalitarian. Now, his members, Brandy. His member. <laughs> were subject to physical and sexual abuse. Your thoughts on that? Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I have. That's going to be a hard no to me. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Rock was arrested for assault in 1989 and convicted of murder in 1993 for the death of Solange, these fucked up names, Solange Bullard. He received, boy, you are. All right. In fairness, on. we've seen you fuck up John Smith before. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but these names are really. All of them. We try to get to his family. He received a license, a license which he served uh, in prison and in penitentiary. He got out. He, he, no, but, no, he didn't. Yeah, it's not really a life sentence if you get out, is yeah. it? Here's, well, it's like, here's the thing. You should read that last sentence there because it's kind of clutch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was serving a license when he was murdered. <laughs> murdered in 2011. Well, we would have got to it. Just worry about you. And what says Brandy? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> All right. So, Brandy, you're probably thinking, well, Tim, tell me about his early life. I was totally thinking that. All right. 
Rock Farat was born on May 16, 1947, uh, in someplace Quebec, Canada. Malachi, did you ever wrestle a guy named Rock the Rot? Oh, no. No? I wouldn't want to mess with him either, but. Sounds like the a rock. wrestler. Rock the, the rock. rock. Sounds like a newscaster. He was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had nice hair. Coming up at 11. Nice hair. Lots of product. <laughs> Come on. Come on. All right. He was in Quebec, Canada. He was born. Uh, family headed by his fucking weird named parents. Hyacinthia. Nope, that's not. It's Hyacinth. All right, Hyacinth. it sucks. That name, who, who names our kid Hyacinth? Her mom. Is it his mom or is his dad? Well, I don't know. Maybe he had two moms that look. They look like girl. All right, Hyacinth. And Pierre. What is it, Jason? Is that the Pierrette? Pierrette. Pierrette. Is that the woman or is it mom or is it dad? Uh, I think the dad was Pierrette. Okay, of course. No, the dad was Hyacinth. Hyacinth, okay. Because he denied beating the boy. That's sad. Details, Brandy, about his childhood are sketchy. Mm. What is agreed upon, I guess they got together and agreed upon this, is that Rock was bright, outgoing, and seemed to enjoy learning. Much like yourself, Colonel. That's how my parents would describe me if they were alive to me. Yeah. But, but they're God dead. Rest their soul. But they're dead. Yeah. Still. God rest their Nobody soul. cares. Seems unkind. That's why people don't like you. That's why people don't like you. <laughs> I've heard. Your so you get to see dead. this in person. What you see, you get to see the, the mean, the ugly side of her in person now. Yeah. Mm. She's dead. He has a tattoo. He has a tattoo for her because she's dead. If any of you all die, let us know. Chuck, Chuck will get, get a, a stupid tattoo right. for you. <laughs> all right. Hmm. Can we move on? I'm getting sad. All that. Because <laughs> your mom's dead? Well, well I mean, I, this has already got me depressed. And yeah, after that death door, man. I was, yeah, we got death door and this, and it's not all, been a happy day. Although Rock would uh, later, later discard his father as abusive, his father, Hyacinth, Hyacinth. Hyacinth, denies ever having beaten a boy, Colonel. Well... Denied, denied, denied to me. In his youth, Rock himself never complained about his home situation, Brandy. Your thought, what's your thoughts on that? Okay. Dad, his dad whip his ass if he did. Right. Hyacinth. What are you going to say? Sa Hyacinth sounds like a badass. Nah. You don't want to run into Hyacinth on the street. No. No. <laughs> on November the 11th, 1967, which was right, probably right around Veterans Day, Colonel. It would be on Veterans Day. Yeah, but not in Canada. No. They don't appreciate. At the age of 20, <laughs> they, do they even have a military in Canada? They got like two guys on horseback or some shit up there. Yeah. Do they even have guns? Dudley Durright is they the only guy in Canada. in Canada. They can't have an army. <laughs> on November 20, or 11, 1967, at the age of 20, Rock married young uh, Francine. What do you think about that, Brandy? Getting married at 20. Well, that was dumb, but good for him. They moved to Montreal, where they got all these fucked up French names. And she bore two sons in three years. Ugh. Rock Jr. and Francois. She didn't bore him all the time. Sometimes she entertained him. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I don't know how to go on. Brandy, you have went through childbirth. Yeah? Colonel, it ain't like a kidney stone, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, you've, you've, you've 
mentioned before the trauma of childbirth and how painful it is, and you just you haven't com you haven't convinced. Uh, what is like having your gallbladder out? It ain't like having a kidney stone. I've had all of those things. And or it migraine. is not like or migraine. Have you ever had a testicular torsion? <laughs> no, I can't. Is anybody say out there? Where's Nick at? <laughs> Somebody's had one. It ain't fun. <laughs> All right. So uh, he gets married. Uh, they have two kids. During this time, uh, Rock developed severe ulcers, Brandy, and had them surgically removed, which, you know, I don't know why that's really all important. But he became obsessed with medicine. Kind of like young Noah. Great. <laughs> so this is what I have, all right. Teaching himself about the anatomy. And Colonel, you're very familiar with anatomy of a female. Certain parts, yeah. Certain parts. Well, explain to us how it all works. Tell us the break it down for us. I don't know. This crowd's already too debauched, Timmy. Yeah, but break I don't... it down for us because people love it when you describe the female anatomy. Well, you got the top half and the lower half, half Timmy. <laughs> The top half is not nearly as tingly as the lower half. Okay. That's all you really need to know. <laughs> Except after 40, the top, the bottom half starts to change a little bit. That's all. What happens? Yeah. No. Wait for it. <laughs> yeah, usually we're alone when I talk about this, so I don't have so many, such a hostile audience, so. <sighs> okay, so you, you prefer not to discuss it right now. Is that what you're telling me? Right, not the, not the post penis. Oh, post the 40 penis. Was. <laughs> Come on. All right, Rock eventually moved his family to a Thetford Mines and began woodworking. Brandy, have you ever done any woodworking? <laughs> <laughs> Last night she was that close to me. Not, no. She was one tequila away last what? night. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not your concern. <laughs> I just like it when you're open and... Share. He also took to drinking heavily, Colonel, to deal with pain, mm. and he damaged his uh, digestive system. It's the pain that causes you to drink, Timmy. That's what's right. going on out here. Pain, Timmy. Pain and suffering. Rock used his amateur woodworking cells as an excuse to go to Quebec, Brandy. When he says cells, he means sales. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On weekends to carry on sexual romps. With women. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> so he's, wait a minute, he's using his wooden bowl sales thing yeah. to go have sex with women. Oh, wooden bowls is a panty dropper. Have you made them yourself? <laughs> yeah. Hi. Okay. Just checking. Uh, eventually, he had some financial problems, Brandy. <laughs> I see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that he was selling this, very much. A Tupperware person came and just <laughs> took all his business. His wife, Francine, left him, and Rock took up with a woman in Quebec named Giselle. Yes. That's a common name in Quebec. Well, and I don't think anything good comes from that name. Yeah, nothing. In the mid-1970s, Colonel, Rock discovered the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I like those people, Timmy. <laughs> he met in a local... They met in a local motel every Saturday. Yeah, well, see? Because that's what they do. You know what they ain't doing on Saturday, Timmy? What? Knocking on my door with a pamphlet. 
Because these people are seven-day Adventists. They don't work on Saturday, do yeah. They just meet. They don't go out. And, you have to come to them. That's a, good, yeah. that's a better deal. Now, your people do that, too. They go out and knock on doors. They, yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, my people do that. But not on Sunday. Not on Sunday? But they do it on Saturday when you're trying to cut the grass. I understand. I know. I can't help it. And then you got to give them a dollar and take the pamphlet. Actually, if you're smart, you have them cut your grass. They will do that? Yes. Dumbass, just ask them. Throw some water at them, ask them to cut the grass, do the flower beds, they'll do all that shit. Damn. I know, see? Rock began following all their nutritional rules and quit drinking. Why I didn't know that. Why are there nutritional rules? <laughs> I don't know. You can't, you can't eat certain foods. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks That's for what clearing up the nutritional are. rule thing <laughs> yeah. for me. Like sheep, you can't have those because they're the symbol of something higher powers. Oh, so what you're saying is, sheep. you don't know what the you fuck you're talking no. about. That's what the fuck you're okay, saying. Okay, let me ask you this. Can they eat sheep? How the fuck would I know if they exactly, can eat sheep? Exactly, but you tell me I'm wrong. Don't make me fucking <laughs> yeah. Google it. <laughs> yeah, they can't eat sheep, goddammit. I know, I know like three or four of them. He is, he is a they reverend. They can't eat sausage, they can't eat sheep. He's a, he's a licensed reverend. Mm -hmm. So am I. <laughs> and he doesn't I know him. shit from sheep over there. <laughs> Good form. <sighs> you lost your place, didn't I you? I absolutely lost my place. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Colonel. Uh, so he quit drinking. His childhood fascination with the Old Testament. I mean, don't we all really have a fascination with the Old Testament? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, oh, he really got into, you know, the man being the center of the universe and the women obeying men and things like that. Now, see, I can get on board with that, then. Yeah. That's God speak. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. When you're not actually a kept man, then maybe that'll work out. I, and we're getting into the book of Revelation here. Yeah, he, like became, he became obsessed with the book of Revelations. You can never have too much of that. And it's message of violent retribution for sin, Colonel. You hear that? Violent retribution. Violent. Clean yourselves up. And the division of humanity into the chosen and the damned. Now... How would you describe this audience if you had if you had to categorize them between the chosen and the damned? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna need like oh, damned, damned. <laughs> yeah. She that you could have a bunch of a, a whole studio full of nuns put her in there. They're all damned. Are you pointing at Karen? No. That little short-haired demon in the back. Oh, damn. Oh, okay. Dominique. All right, so... Um, what? <laughs> Please, I'm trying to be professional. To make money, Rock begins selling literature um, to the church and leading workshops, Brandy, aimed at helping smokers to quit to kick their habit. What do you think about that? Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you, you, sh you know, should encourage people to smoke. I think it's a good thing. I don't think you should judge them for well, it. Well, he's helping these people, but we're having leading workshops. Well, and who's, I want to know who's buying this literature. <laughs> like, they can't even give it away. Who's going to buy it? People who want to quit smoking, I guess. Uh, Canadians. <laughs> All right, go ahead. By 1977, he had amassed a group of followers, Brandy, 
in their early 20s. Uh, and there's a bunch of names that I'm not going to go through because they're not important. Are they, what, are they clutch to the story? Because I feel like they might be. All right. There is Solange. Oh, yeah, you have to go through every single one of these names. They're actually not. Chantel. Is that right? Yeah, say the last name. Oh, uh, Labrie. Labrie. <laughs> Francine. Nicole. Marcy. Marcy, how the where the fuck's Marcy? Marcy, how the fuck are you Marcy? Who the fuck's Marcy? Wait a minute, I saw it here somewhere. Oh, yeah, here, right here. Marseille, I don't know. Maurice, Maurice, Maurice. 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 Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> Jose, Jose, <laughs> <laughs> Jock. Which one of these does and not? And Claude. Claude, Claude, Claude Omelette. His name's not Claude Omelette. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it. Okay. I told you, it's a bunch of names. In 1977, Rock and his followers, uh, they attended a uh, retreat for the church. Well, Gabrielle Laver and Yolanda joined his commune. <laughs> now, Colonel, I know you've had a commune before. I have had a commune before. <laughs> but I could say their names. <laughs> Look. I just gave them numbers if that shit got that complicated. <laughs> I just gave them jerseys with different numbers. This shit's too hard right here. Under Rock's leadership, the Ant Hill Kids. You know how they got that name, Brandy? Oh, please tell me. They work like little ants. They worked hard. Amazing. Yeah. Um, they, the group... <laughs> <laughs> they was the hardest working kids in the coke business, Timmy. The, the James, it was the James, James Brown, Brown gang. Coke kids, yeah. <laughs> Good guy. <laughs> the group was uh, based primarily on the Old Testament, on Old Testament themes, and uh, such as women, colonels should be obedient to men. I'm all right with that one. Polygamy. I don't want to have. I can. Uh, why you would know you want to have called? two women disappointed in you all the time? <laughs> <laughs> That's all you're gonna have. You. But you have so many more, I wouldn't guess it would matter. No, I mean, that's you, a lot. You walk through the door and it just got the, uh, well, never mind. Um, they believed in the harsh punishments. I can, I'm down with that. The righteousness of their leader. Oh, hell yeah. And the sinfulness of their followers. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Rock. Um, Brandy claimed to be the reincarnation of the prophet Moses, and uh, the church uh, didn't, they went down with that, so they kicked him out. We didn't get that, the Advent, seven day Advent. Okay, kicked hold him on there. for one minute here, yeah. Timmy. All right. Now, do we have any Advents in the crowd? Any? Because they're pretty goddamn crazy, Timmy. I mean, they pushed the envelope. Okay. So if you're so goddamn crazy that you're getting kicked out of there, you got to be just off the edge crazy, Timmy. Rock. This is a guy that got kicked out of a cult. He was too <laughs> crazy for a cult. I don't think that's a cult. Oh, it's a cult. Mm. It's like Your thoughts, Brandy? I'm just letting it play out. Okay. <laughs> yes. The Seventh-day Adventists, that's when David Koresh came out. Yes. They're a cult, Timmy. I, <laughs> they, if, if, <laughs> don't ever... Don't ever They could have 5,000. Doesn't mean they're not a cult. Hey, someone escort her out of here. Yeah, security, <laughs> security. 
When we said interactive, we only meant a certain few. <laughs> yeah. So, wait a minute. So what happens if you get over 5,000 members? All of a sudden, you're, a you're legit? You get like a certificate of authenticity or something? Is get it what? business cards. Is it really? That's crazy. Yeah, that's dumb. Shit, I got 2,000 now. It's still cold. All right. So he get, anyway, he gets kicked out. Moses, rock Moses. Yeah, gets they kicked kick out. Moses out. Send him to the desert. So he moved to St. Marie, which was just south of Quebec City. Have you ever been to Quebec City, Colonel? I have, Timmy. I've and been how there. did you find it? I've been there. Hmm? How did you find it? Found it to be cold and for Canadians, Timmy. All right. <laughs> Imagine that shit. Yeah. Brandy, yeah. where they were in St. Marie, they opened a healthy living clinic. And we thought, uh, it's a, they had, you know, they were doing alternative medicine and they sold organic foods and they helped cure ailments. Uh, yeah. Ailments. Ailments. What do you think, what do you think about that? It's a bunch of hippies selling weeds. <laughs> In March of 1978, uh, leukemia patient. Leukemia. 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 Patient. You can't say. Geraldine Eclair was admitted to the Healthy Living Clinic. I'm guessing this is, I mean, I, I'm guessing this is not going to end well. <laughs> I, feel like it's a, I feel like it's a little late for her. <laughs> oh, ye of little faith, Timmy. <laughs> she had been uh, un undergoing treatment, uh, and um, she had been going under traditional treatment uh, when her husband fell in with Rock, who convinced him to have Geraldine check out of the hospital and into the Healthy Living Clinic. Rock's treatment for leukemia was grape juice and organic foods. Hmm. Your, thought of, your thoughts on that, Brandy? Tell me what happened next, Timmy. Geraldine died at the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> Rock told his followers that he had gone into a room and kissed her, and she awakened from death. But in the end, you know, when God wants people, he takes them. That's a direct quote. I mean, yes. you know, I have a story okay. about when God wants people, he takes them. Yes. Please tell My us all about it. My mother worked with a woman. God rest her soul. God rest her soul. And the woman dead. was going to uh, Paris, and she was very, because my mom was, you know, blue-collar worker. And, mm -hmm. and the woman was really braggy about this, about going to Paris. And my mother calls me up, and my mother was not always right. And she called me up. And she was laughing hysterically to tell me how a, the lady, Pearl, went to Paris. And I said, well, how, what happened on the trip? And my mom's still laughing. She can't even get it out. But apparently Pearl's husband, Timmy, mm -hmm. was standing at an intersection mm -hmm. in Paris mm -hmm. and had a stroke. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. It's an unfortunate thing, a stroke. Yeah, it is. It is more unfortunate when you have a stroke right as a fiat is coming upon you, Timmy. <laughs> so he fell into the intersection. The fiat rolled over the top of him. They don't know if the stroke or the fiat killed him. That's a true story, Timmy. That just goes to show when your number's up, your number's up, Timmy. Oh, what's the point of this story? Well, because he could have lived through the stroke. So his number was up. He got the stroke. And it didn't kill him. Did he, did he smell so, coffee? <laughs> <laughs> See, I smell toast. I think it's toast. Wait a minute. 
<laughs> so he got he got hit by something that's essentially a smart car, and that's what killed him. Not he didn't get hit. I, nobody really knows because the car went over the I, top of him. Let's just throw it out there and guess. Like it they, went over the top of him. It's like getting run over by a matchbox car. <laughs> no, you still live to tell that tale. But not if you had a stroke before. Not if you had a stroke yeah. before, though. No. Not if you're going in handicapped. Well, thank you, Colonel, for sharing that. <laughs> I know, that was a fucking pointless That's bullshit story. story. It's, it's fucking thing. ridiculous. And your so mom's dead. Your mom was laughing about it? She was, oh, she was, my mom, something was wrong with her. She would just laugh her ass out about stories like that. <laughs> Find your place and tell me more about this story. In Tim. June of 1978, Colonel. And try to stay on topic, could you? Okay. Uh, Rock was burdened by debt, and he was under police surveillance. <laughs> what? He was on fire by debt. <laughs> he, loaded, he loaded the commune into their vehicles. So apparently they have more... They have more than one. He was burdened, Timmy. Burdened. <laughs> what did they say? Burned. Well, he was burned too. They loaded, they loaded the, their commune into vehicles, and they wandered from town to town. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? <laughs> this poor son of a bitch can't catch a break. <laughs> he got the student people call me. <laughs> He's on fire. All kinds of shit happening to him. In July. They found himself they found themselves in the wilderness. Have the Gaspe Have you ever been to the Gaspe Peninsula, Colonel? I've been there. There. How was it? How'd you find it? <laughs> it was all right. Wouldn't recommend it. He did Tim Hortons. Hortons there. Yeah. I told the crazy people came. <laughs> In their vehicles. <laughs> the group set out on foot and hiked until they found an isolated hill that rock name in Eternal Mountain. <laughs> and it was here that they made their home, Brandy. Your thoughts on that? <laughs> on the internal mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a cave? <laughs> they worked at least 17 hours a day. Sort of like, sort of like you and I. Like me. Yeah. Like me and you, Timmy. Worked 17 hours a day clearing the land. Rock uh, rational, uh, rationed the food. And if anyone complained about anything, he would punish by restricting their food. No, he's a little prick. His st rock stomach's pains prevented him from participating in the labor, of course. He, well, he, yeah, he got a stomach pain. He can't be out chopping wood and yeah. shit. Yeah. Also, he's got to dole out the food. Yeah. Israel was much more important for their spiritual salvation. Impressing on his followers that everyone in the outside world, especially their families, were active oppressors of the righteous. You Oppressors of the righteous. Do you hear that? You feel that way at times, don't you, Colonel? I feel the, I'm being oppressed, yeah. You're an oppressor of the righteous. He told them that they'd be punished, that the, the oppressors would be punished for eternity. Damn right they will. 
At this point, Yolanda <laughs> headed back to France. <laughs> That's the girl from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> uh, upon um, completion, okay, so they built this cabin, right? It consisted of... <laughs> How the fuck you get there? <laughs> They're clearing the land, right? They got, out, okay. they got in their little car, and they went out, and they found some... To this peninsula. So they built a cabin. They built a cabin. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, you with me? <laughs> we sorry. So good. We got. And it cabin. consisted of a single open uh, room with a uh, well in the center. So they got their water. It was convenient. Mm -hmm. A ceiling made of bark-covered logs, and rooms consisting of only a three-foot-high, uh, three-foot-high partitions and bed sheets hung as curtains. Hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Bark-covered logs is a roof. Clark, is that is that going to help him? Can you use bark-covered logs as a roof? Uh, you probably want to add some more material up there. Something like moss. 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 Is some hay. Some, some uh, me and Clark are survivalists. Yeah. When apocalypse come, it's going to be me and Clark standing. And I get that. That's fine. But <laughs> I mean, that's great. But. Okay. You're talking about a roof, and this is a ceiling, which indicates that it's inside. So you're gonna hang moss on the inside of that fucking ceiling? He's a roof. Well, he fucked it up. <laughs> 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 it's the goddamn ceiling. Well, let's go to Chuck's iPhone and listen back and <laughs> play it back. I don't want it to fall off the pole. <laughs> no, nope, sit way. down. Look what you're doing. Sit down. I'm just gonna check on the phone. Uh, let's see. Where was I? Okay, so all these people were getting uh, welfare checks. This group, Brandy, your thoughts on that? Like a jewel over here. There you go. They, they had a monthly budget of 1,400 Canadian dollars. Better known as loonies, Brandy. <laughs> That's a lot of money back then. A man. lot of loonies. In October 1978... <laughs> He used to love going to strip clubs in Canada because loonies used to be like 70 cents to a dollar and you could give them a, a loony and then, you know, like say but 30 cents. But you know, cents. They, they screw you up up there because, and this is how they cheat you, is their coins, they have like $1 coins and $2 coins and, and then the paper money's different colors. It's just not right. Well, that's amazing. No, I mean, you shouldn't do that. Thank you for that history lesson. Well, thank God we have our, our constitution. That's all I'm saying. We can keep our money straight. You don't get cheated when you're buying a Coke Zero. It cost me $22. <laughs> I feel like they saw you coming. Uh, that might have been. In October 1978, Giselle went uh, to Rock and said that the unmarried women were lonely, Brandy. Welcome to the world. <laughs> So he began marrying them himself. Well, that helps. Including uh, Gabrielle, a 20-year-old uh, lady with uh, multiple sclerosis. She was an invalid. Uh, and her parents placed her under Rock's care. <laughs> that's fucked up, man. Yeah, that's a... That's, oh. Here, take her. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. <laughs> uh, although he did not try to have intercourse with her. So some things are sacred. He did have sex with his other wives. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? It happens. They're married. 
Yeah, he has multiple. He had, uh, except for so hold on. Marie, Mary's. you got to remember who you're talking to. You can have 33 wives and have sex with all of them. That's not, not how it works. That's how your people do it, ain't it? No. I'm just saying. I'm not judging. You are I'm judging, judging. But no. Shut. You know. So what happened in 1978, Brandy? I, I, tell me all about it, Timmy. Well, that of course is when uh, Jonestown happens, right? 1970, uh, it is. Uh, and that, because of the publicity around Jonestown, the families in which uh, Rock's followers, uh, they become concerned, of course. The, uh, questioned by the police, Rock claimed the commune was a democracy. Mm-hmm. Much like you say this show is a democracy, but you <laughs> but never ever tell him, Brandy, what we're going to do. That's horseshit. Yeah. They lived, and he told them that there was a democracy, and they lived in peace and love, and there was no promiscuity, which we do not. We don't endorse. I don't. No, no. I think there was some sexual relations going on last night at the hotel. Oh, I wouldn't want to walk through that with a black light today, Timmy. <laughs> so glad the two of you are here for that. <laughs> the police uh, realized that Rock was a nutcase. That's Jason's. Jason's, that was a little judgmental. Turn a phrase. Yeah. yeah. It's a little judgmental yeah. on Jason's part. Yeah, Could we have a little phrase. more objectivity and a little less subjectivity on that, Jason? <laughs> uh, they realized he was a nutcase, but without proof, they released him. Is it against the law to be a nutcase? Well, Even I guess. If, they had proof, if you got, was if, you know, they, they were, you know, they had their, they were looking for cults at the time. He was in so Canada. Cults was a big thing. The bar is pretty high for nutcases in Canada, Timmy. After two years of sobriety, uh, he was uh, get sober. He started drinking again and began to deliver long, rambling, drunken sermons. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? Sounds like Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone fell asleep, he would smack him in the head with a four-inch thick club. Also like Chuck. Yeah. You gotta pay attention. Miss something important. I doubt it. Okay, so uh, the one person he didn't have sex with, one wife he didn't have sex with, was Mary East Grenier, I guess. But she got pregnant, and uh, she she was pregnant, and she had you know she was eating for two, so she ate two more pancakes than Rock had allocated to her. Brandy, your thoughts on that, Colonel? She was eating for two, Timmy. He punched her in the side and broke two of her ribs. That's not good. That takes Lego my ego to a whole new level, Timmy. <laughs> she began to talk about leaving the group, Colonel. Goddamn right she did. <laughs> but she was going to walk slow because those ribs hurt. All she wanted to do is have some pancakes. Yeah. That's bullshit. I love pancakes. <laughs> so, Rock instructed Jacques to cut off one of her toes with an axe, which is not an exact instrument. Yeah, how, how are you going to cut off one toe with an axe? You're just going to put one baby toe up on the stump? I don't... Because, I mean, the axe is pretty wide. I mean, I didn't research it or anything, so I don't know. I mean, you could do it if you did it properly. You just put the baby toe or the big toe up, isolate them, tape them, (laughs) hit it with an axe. I'm just thinking about the logistics. How do you do that? Fucking no. Okay, so... And feet are nasty, anyway. It depends. It depends. You like feet? I, I don't... I don't hate them. I don't <laughs> think about them much. So weird. I'm okay, glad I so, got them. So Jacques refused to do that. And so Rock grabbed the axe and threatened to cut off all of her toes himself. 
So reluctantly, Jacques took the axe and severed one of Mary, Maurice's small toes. Are we still on are the Are you pancakes? struggling with the name? No, I said Maurice, which is how are we, say it. It, are we still on the pancake incident? That this yeah. Is yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is over pancakes. Right she ate two extra pancakes. Jeez. And yeah, there's always so many pancakes. <laughs> if you Glad don't have limits on your pancakes, what do you have? I wonder what happened Anarchy. to the person who eats the last toast of strudels up in there. I don't know. <laughs> In March of 1978, Chantal, uh, Chantal's parents obtained a court order for a round of psychiatric tests for their daughter. When two police officers showed up at the compound, Rock, rep Rock repelled them. <laughs> oh, you repellent bastard. <laughs> like, did he wrap him with a rope and throw him down the side of the building? And I don't know, I'm just reading what's written. All right. Were they just disgusted and walked away? You repulsive son of a bitch, you. I bet he did smell. Mm. Oh, you know he did. One month later, 10 police officers sent a helicopter down on Eternal Mountain. Well, it seemed to be a long time there in between, you know, after you repelled the two police officers. You think they'd well, come they right get, back. You no, know, they got to get 10 officers. They got to find a helicopter. I mean, a month later seems like a long time. So well, I, then you should run the investigation. I'm sorry. Jeez. They arrested Rock for obstruction of justice, and he was ordered by the court to undergo psychological evaluation. At the mental hospital, Rock claimed that he had saved kids from drugs. The director of the hospital expressed his scorn for the police, who arrested a man for just being different. Yeah. What an idiot. He was released from the hospital early, stood trial, and given one year suspended sentence. Shortly after this, Gabrielle, the multiple sclerosis invalid, went into a coma and died. Notice how she's skipping the last name. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, she's well, picking I'm not easy dumb. You're cherry picking names there, Devil. I'm not dumb. Rock wanted to bury her at Eternal Mountain, but she was taken by the authorities for an autopsy. Rock swore that if anyone else died on the commune, their body would stay there. On November, in November of 1980, Guy Veer joined the commune. He had undergone treatment for depression at the same hospital that had declared Rosh mentally sound, Rock, mm. whatever, Rock, mentally sound. Veer was permitted to stay at the commune in the storage shed away from Rock and his family. Veer's job included manual labor and babysitting three children, Samuel, Miriam, and Simon, children who Rock referred to as animals since they were not his kids. And this back before they, you couldn't get Netflix back in the shed back then. If you weren't sticking me in the shed with Netflix, I'd stay there for a while. Don't be that bad. <laughs> I mean, Netflix in the shed, as long as it ain't like 120 degrees or something. <laughs> I'm just saying. Who out there would, would not want to get away some days and go to a shed and watch Netflix? <laughs> see? See? <laughs> or an outhouse or something. <laughs> All right. So on March 23rd, 1981, Rock organized a party to celebrate his two sons coming to live with him. There are two versions regarding what happened that night. Oh, this is, this is awful. The official version accepted by the court is the one that is given by most of the commune members. According to this version, two-year-old Samuel was crying that night and keeping Veer awake. Veer started screaming at the child. Jesus Christ, that's some gruesome shit. Yeah, it's so they a, wait just a abusing? Can you let me get there? Yeah, because you all lack no capacity it. for empathy or anything. So, 
Then picking up the two-year-old boy by the throat, he punched the child's face five or six times. The next day, Samuel's head was flopping around on his, on his neck and his penis had swelled up. Rock, being the helpful motherfucker that he was, took a pair of scissors and after sterilizing them in alcohol, he lanced Samuel's penis to permit urine to flow out. The next morning, Samuel was dead. But in Strange Messiah by Paul Kalia. I believe that'd be Savage Messiah. Oh, shit. Yeah, it is. Savage Messiah. Okay, okay Timmy, thank Fuck you. Fuck you, Timmy. It's Ryan. <laughs> okay. I did off. not write this. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Okay, and Ross Laver. Giselle says Samuel's face was bruised, but there was nothing else wrong with him. Oh, okay, good. Uh, however, Rock decided that the child needed to be circumcised. With a pair of scissors? Stop! Jesus. He used the 94% ethanol solution to sterile the razor and then poured some into Samuel's mouth for use as an anesthetic. Mm, this may have been enough to cause Samuel's death by alcohol poisoning. Uh, at supper, Rock suggested that they burn the baby's remains. For six months, everything went smoothly for the commune, but one night in September of 1981, a drunken Rock became angry and decided that Veer should stand trial. The trial lasted one hour and the verdict was unanimous. Not guilty by reason of insanity. Rock was not satisfied with this decision, and a couple hours later he suggested they just go ahead and castrate Veer and then call for a vote. That seems backwards. Yeah. A little bit. Of a jury of 10, including 12-year-old Rock Jr., oh, they were going to call for a vote on whether or not they should castrate him. Right. As you do in any democracy. Um, let's see. Only three people voted against castration. Veer, surprisingly, was not keen on the idea, but Rock talked him, in, talked him into it, claiming it would cure Veer's headaches. Is that true, Colonel, if you get castered? I, uh, you know, that's a subject I rarely want to broach, Timmy. Okay. Well, here's one that I'll take the made. headaches. We have it. Here you go. You may want to hold on to this. Uh, to cure his headaches, as well as the excessive masturbation that was causing Veer's respiratory difficulties. Well, yeah, goddamn right he was short of breath. He's walking around all the time. He didn't have a respiratory thing. He was just masturbating just all the a, time. He's like a monkey. Like a monkey at the zoo. Cause you to breathe hard. I don't know. Um, it's like cardio, really, though. It's get your heart rate up, get your breathing heavy. It's like what walking like doing? a mile. If you do it well, right, if you if you do if it right. castrated, you probably would. It probably would cut down on your excessive It would cut down on it. It'd yeah. slow it down somewhat. Right? Well, good. Jesus, he explained that in the hierarchy of the group, Veer was a slave, and that if he underwent castration, he would become a eunuch. Yeah, there's something. Which would be on. a step up. He asked Veer to write a letter of consent, and Veer signed it. After his castration, Veer never complained of another headache. But <laughs> And his breathing the, improved. Well, wait a minute. Is that one of those things where you say, out. like, ow, I hurt my arm. Well, yeah. kick you in the leg. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody punches you in the throat. Exactly. It's like, oh, my arm's fine now. Jesus. Uh, Rock felt that now Veer was... You never want to tell him you have a headache. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, this poor dumb son of a bitch. So... He never complained of another headache, but now Brock felt like Veer was a security risk. <laughs> oh, yeah. And began beating him savagely. <laughs> what I the bet fuck? the headaches came back. <laughs> He's a security risk? What does that even mean? 
On November 5th. Well, because you don't know what this guy's capable of. He spent all his time before, because he could have been a sketchy, shady guy. Oh, he could have been? But he's spending all his time before masturbating, so he ain't got to worry about it. But now, all of a sudden, he's got time on his hands instead <laughs> not, of, you know. And not spoon. Yeah, of, got yeah, it. Exactly. So now he's a security risk. Okay. Well, on November 5th, 1981. That's why you neuter pigs. Because <laughs> if you, pigs, if you don't neuter them, they will just have sex with the other pigs. But once you neuter them, they become mean and they start eating more. See, that's the thing. Uh -huh. Now they can't be spending their time with the other pigs, uh -huh. fornicating. Uh -huh. So now they're dangerous. You castrate somebody, they're dangerous. That's all I'm saying. It's an amazing fucking stupid ass story. <laughs> all right. So on November 5th, 1981, Veer escaped to the village of St. Jacques, where he told the villagers that a baby had died after being kicked by a horse. And it's really close. The police raided the compound, arrested Rock and Samuel's parents, and relocated seven children to foster's home, foster homes. They found Samuel's remains, and the commune members told the story of Veer beating the child. After the coroner determined that the group was criminally responsible for the death of baby Samuel, the police made the following charges. Criminal negligence causing bodily harm to two-year-old Samuel, bodily harm with intent to mutilate Guy Veer. Um, everyone except Rock and Gabrielle were re released on their own recognizance on the condition that they not return to the cabin. At the end of the nine month trial, all parties were found guilty. Probation and various prison terms ranging from six months to two years were handed down to everybody except Guy Veer, who was returned to the mental ward. <laughs> Here's that security risk. Now he ain't even got anything to do. I hope the poor bastard gets Netflix up there because he can't even masturbate no more. I don't know what to do with that. Okay. Yeah. Take up crochet hand or something. Keep right. his hands busy. So. You got that one, did you? No. We all got it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Rock was transferred to... Orsonville Detention Center in Quebec City. Orsainville. Whatever. Orsainville. Jesus Christ. What? Pronunciation. Diction. Diction. God damn it. <laughs> really? Let's just move on, please. <laughs> I have some diction for you. Okay, so the police raised their cabin to the ground and bulldozed the ashes. They would go back into the bush and start all over again. Where? What? Happened? They went back in the bush. I see that. <laughs> who, who went back in the bush? The remaining members. Oh, the remaining members. Okay. <laughs> Can you follow this story? Jesus Christ, try to pay attention. <laughs> pay attention to what you're saying. There's a day. Do you okay. even know what you're saying? You're just reading stuff off a page. You're I'm not even following. I'm just trying to make it to the pizza place later on. That's all I need to do. <laughs> All right, so this time they were on Lot 4, Concession 5 in Somerville Township, Burnt River in Victoria County, Ontario. I love the detail that uh, Jason puts in there, so now we can go on Google Now we Maps. can go in toilet paper. <laughs> uh, in May of 1984, Rock began construction of a new isolated two-story A-framed house. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. With a bakery, a maple sugar shack, a smokehouse, a root cellar, and a stone altar upon which he would commune with God. Sounds like a nice place. Mm -hmm. This was all built by his two male and nine female followers, four of whom were pregnant, all of whom were also responsible for the commune's 10 children, ranging from 1 to 15. In Rock's defense, he has digestive problems. And he's around pregnant women Duh. all the time. Uh, Rock established a new hierarchy for the group, assigning each of his wives different responsibilities. The lowest of them all was Maurice, something or another. Rock encouraged her husband, Jacques, to beat her if she talked back to him, even though she was pregnant. Uh, he eventually ordered her to live apart from everyone else in her own hut with her own two children. She was shunned. Oh, no, don't throw me there. Don't, t- don't send me to be yeah, by myself Don't send with my me kid. away so you can't beat me anymore. Right, no. Yeah. Denied welfare, the group began selling fruits and pastries. So this, this proved to be a success. Oh. And Rock organized a company. Though the members of Rock's group still had to subsist on corn and potatoes. <laughs> No fucking pancakes. I was going to cause some digestive well, no. issues. You can't, you can't have pancakes. She ruined it for everybody. Uh, at least now, now they were making some money and everything seemed to be going well. But as Rock became less desperate to survive, he became increasingly bored and began to drink again. Oh, here we go. And there's where it gets Here fun. we go. Here we go. He organized nude wrestling matches between the women... Or he would put a man in the middle of the circle and tell the women to kick him. <laughs> I, 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 I have been in that circle before. <laughs> also known as Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes he would beat them or he would strike them with the broad side of an axe. That's eh, not the sharp side. Uh, sometimes, eh, sometimes he would urinate on them. That seems rude. Or... And I, Hear the enunciation on this. Oh, hold the hell oh, on now. I want you to, I oh, want you to no. hear hell the, no. the enunciation. Or force them to perform analingus on one another. Or, and this is pretty gross though, or smear each other with the, or smear themselves with each other's feces. How did you nail that pronunciation? I believe you've said that a couple times before. She's done a lot of internet searches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't get those French names right, but she got that one. <laughs> 
On January 26, 1985, Gabrielle put her five-month-old baby, Rock's son, Eliezer. Now, is that right? Mm, that that's Eliezer. Yeah. Eliezer. Ugh. In a wheelbarrow. It was snowing. The temperature was minus 10 or 14 degrees Fahrenheit. In two hours, the baby was dead. Rock said it bore the mark of the devil and had often mm. beaten it. Jesus Christ. I know. I don't know why that made me chuckle a minute, but that's wrong. Is there something wrong with you? Fundamentally? Mark of the devil. I don't I mean, know. Something in your soul is broken, maybe? No, the mark of the devil just made me chuckle. Just fuck off. Gabrielle thought this would be an act of mercy for the infant. It probably was. Uh, the county coroner, Al Lackey, a friend of Rock's, claimed that it had been sudden infant death syndrome. The county's Children's Aid Society began watching the commune like hawks. Like you? Not Hawk. at all. A Hawk. year later... Thank you. Uh, is he, his nickname is Hawk. Oh, I, for, I don't care. No shit, because he's tried to get me to call him that for the past six years. He named himself. I know he named himself. <laughs> fucking stupid. You don't give yourself your own fucking Could nickname. Could you just get on with the goddamn story, please, and well, try to pay attention? I would. This is a weird name. and I'm. No, look at him. No, I'm edge of damn seats out here, and you're talking about off-topic stuff. A year later, Maurice, the only adult woman of the group Rock hadn't taken as his, as his own wife, oh, was yeah, permitted to leave with two of her three children. Her oldest daughter, who was now entering puberty, remained behind because to become one of Rock's next wives. Maurice left and later decided to pursue legal action to get the custody of her remaining daughter. Part of, part of this illegal Jesus Christ, part of this legal action involves testifying on the conditions under which the children of the compound lived. This was all that was needed for the Children's Aid Society to sweep in and take the kids to foster homes. As the children were interviewed, horrifying details were revealed. Rock had separated the children of the compound into two groups, his own children, who enjoyed a privileged position in the commune, and those who were not his own, were regarded as animals and crawled on the ground and were severely malnourished. What exactly do you think a privileged position in that compound looks like? <laughs> an extra pancake yeah that's it yeah. an extra, I mean I the whole story revolves around fucking pancakes <laughs> sometimes he would hold two women's children over a fire and threaten to throw one of them in well that's a fun game some children had mouths full of rotting teeth the children had chores around the commune such as hand washing the adult women oh, oh for fuck's oh <laughs> Such as hand washing the adult women's sanitary napkins. Can you even wash those things? Well, they have those that are reusable or not. I don't know. It's, what I, are they, Amish? <laughs> well, I guess it's a cult. They can do whatever they want. I don't know. Eesh. Really uh, want to thank Jason and Leanne for this story. Right. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> they were deprived of sleep, food, and hygiene. The children were also deprived of education except Rock's own relig religious and sexual education. The children were able to go into great detail about sex rights, which were held in the cabin. Yeah. Which is exactly what I'm sure they want. I'm sure they wanted these kids to tell them all about cabin. that. Uh, well, right. Rock and his teenage son, Rock Jr., oh good, molested the children. I'll get you for this. No, no, we're here. Uh... Rock would sometimes have the children masturbate him or watch as members of the group masturbated one another or themselves 
believing this to be the proper method of sexual instruction. So they castrate the one guy. Yeah, you do it too much. You see, there's a fine line there. You do it too much, they'll just cut them right off. There's like a, I guess, a limit. I don't know. I don't. I got nothing. The court ordered an independent assessment, and Dr. Rial? Close enough. Close enough. Ray Hall. It's not Ray Hall. Ray Hall. It's not Ray Hall. R-H-E-A-L. Ray Hall. No. Uh, and Dr. <laughs> Martin. Get the last name out of this guy. What's Dr. Martin's last name? Uh, Miljokovic. That's pretty good. Now suck that tit. Actually, that's wrong. Huh? Actually, the K will be silent. No, it's not fucking silent. Yeah. Piece of shit. Majogovich. No, yeah. no. Anyway, so he recommended that the children, they recommended the children be returned to Burt River immediately. In their 300-page report, they celebrated Rock's pioneering spirit and experimental attitude regarding sexual education and occurred and accused the government of persecuting the group. But in the end, on October 26, 1987, the court ruled that the children be made wards of the crown. But there wasn't enough evidence to press criminal charges against Rock. The stress was getting to him. One day he became enraged at Claude and ordered him to walk around with an elastic band wrapped tightly around his scrotum. I hate that. Do you hate that? I really do. <laughs> I see. That's, Sometimes you have to do it. That's something we never have to talk about again. <laughs> Claude kept it on. What? Claude kept it on overnight, which caused irreparable damage to his testicles. You yeah. will do that. <laughs> oh, I don't like any Habits. part of it. That's well, why you don't, yeah, you don't keep elastic in your underwear. Well, hold on. You look like Nick. Y'all may want to cross your legs for this. Rod used, Rock used a razor blade to cut open Claude's scrotum and pluck out an infected testicle with his fingers. Oh. He that, <laughs> Do you think he's, he's like sanitized his finger? I don't think he sanitized anything, no. He then cauterized the wound with a hot piece oh. of iron. That's one way to do it. Safety first. Well, at least he didn't cut it open with a can opener. What? Stapler. <laughs> Used a razor blade. Are you done? Okay. Well, I'm just saying, when I had to have a procedure done, and the doctor said, I don't use a, scal I use a scalpelist method, and I said, you know, if you're going to cut me, I would like you to find the sharpest thing you could find. That's my only point. He's had a vasectomy. He said he was using a scalpelist method. I know. Everybody method. knows he's had a vasectomy. Nobody cares he's had a vasectomy. Well, I just want him to use it's something sharp, not a teaspoon or I don't give a fuck. rusty... Edge of a rusty can lid or something like that. Plastic Rip it open with your bare hands. Gnaw through it. I just want something sharp. Just make a clean opening. That's all I said. Go ahead. You're talking about that? It's a fascinating fucking story. <laughs> all right. So, uh, on a, one, one night in February 1987, Rock threw a hunting knife at Giselle, creating a wound three inches deep on her thigh. Rock's response was to get another beer and go to sleep. When he awoke two hours later, a clot had formed in Giselle's leg, which had swollen. Rock decided to operate, pressing the leg to cause the wound to reopen and probing it with a red-hot iron file, pouring cup after cup of boiling water on the leg. After the leg healed a bit, she tried to escape, but a few days later, she went back to Rock. Other punishments? He passed a torch over Josie's back until the skin bubbled. 
He also passed it over Nicole's tummy the day she gave birth for the first time. He hit Jacques in the head with a blunt axe and broke his ribs with a wooden club. He beat Nicole three months pregnant, causing her to miscarry. He broke Giselle's ribs with his steel-toed boots, and he pulled 11 of Claude's teeth with a pair of pliers. Claude always ends up getting the bad end of the deal. Claude doesn't do well. Now, Giselle was the invalid, right? Things were rough for Claude out there. Because his testicles taken off and whatnot. He also... He squeezed Gabrielle and Giselle's nipples with vice grips until they... They bled. Until they bled. And here's Claude again. Fucking Claude. This poor motherfucker. Why he didn't take the first goddamn bus out of the compound, I do not know. So now you got well, especially Claude after this. hogtied and suspended from the ceiling. He orders his wives to come in and pluck out Claude's pubic hairs. <laughs> we would not encourage yeah. anyone to do Bald. That. That's, yeah. Could we use, again, can you use something sharp to just remove that? You don't have to use tweezers on that. What the fuck is wrong with Claude? Why is he staring? <laughs> he, then he pours boiling water on him. And he does all kinds of nasty things. He's got vices and hands and hypodermic needles and genitals that are getting mutilated. Ah, oh, pinky fingers cut off. I'm not. Uh, do, you want to, do you want me to read this nasty part? Uh, this next part? Or uh, do you want to skip it? Ah, this is gruesome. No, you read it. It's too ugly for me. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a delicate man. This is a really rather. Yeah. This one of her strong suits. Go ahead, Randy. Yeah. At one point, Gabrielle's uterus prolapsed. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Ooh. Well, we can skip that, I believe. <laughs> All right. Well, where were we? At the uterus we, prolapse. Yeah, oh, the prolapse ooh, uterus. I was going to skip that one. The, or, the organ protruded three inches outside of her vagina. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, that should not happen. It's pretty compact in there. Uh, Rock, being the helpful guy that he is, attempted to fix it by punching the uterus back inside Gabrielle's body. Wait, we're not done. We're not done. And since he's a woodworker, he fashioned a wooden cone and truss to just Plug everything up in there. Um, oh, here, better. Rock's next treatment, again, because he's a helper, helper, was to tie a piece of string around the exposed portion of the uterus and yank it like a loose tooth. Uh, uh, Probably. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. oh, that's the fucking sickest thing I've ever heard. We've I, read some dark shit on scripts before. I ain't never run into no shit like this. Uh, it was a whole year before Gabrielle would have the opportunity to get a partial hysterectomy while Rock was away. So she eventually did get um, 
fixed up. Can you can you sack up and read the next one, or do you need me to Fine. do that? Fine. Okay. Now we got Solange. She she starts to get ill. Brock convinces her that there had to be an operation that he could perform, of course, because he knows about medicine. So he got pretty liquored up, cleared off the table. So the person, what the hell causes people to do that? They just lay down and say, okay, go ahead, do the operation. Is Claude still on well, the ceiling? I, I'm pretty sure we're going to... Claude's still on the ceiling. We're going to get Claude. <laughs> Claude yeah. and his... They're plugging his back hair now, but... Claude and um, his baby balls. balls. No, he, he decides... <laughs> This person uh, just says, okay, go ahead and do the operation. He takes a knife, makes a little incision, takes out some part of the intestine and cuts it out and shoves the rest back in, says, ah, you're going to be all right now. Um, well, he had somebody close for him, though. Yeah, well, yeah, they died of uh, uh, perionitis, which is what happens when digestive fluids leak into your abdominal cavity there. You already knew that, though. Now this, yes, I did. From yeah. a medical training to me, mm -hmm. or it's um, just written there. Now, at first, Rock. This pretty. Now, this is strange because Rock was distraught by this and tried to kill himself. Then he went to Utah to see Dr. Jeff Grossbeck. Where? Where would he go? Utah. <laughs> there you go. What did I say? Utah. 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 He's to see Jeff Grossbeck, one of his polygamy buddies. It's Jess, but you're good. Yeah. Keep talking about my pronunciation of shit. He told. I, he told Dr. Grossbeck that he'd uh, been having these strange dreams which Solange was inside Roche's body. Dreams in which Solange takes shape from Roche's spilt semen. I don't understand that well, dream. Well, they convinced themselves that Solange was the first reverse birth. A spiritual rebirth through the belly of the male to parallel the carnal birth through the womb of the female. Harry, you got it now? Yeah, there's men having babies. Now, Roche became convinced that he was pregnant with his deceased wife, Solange. Happened. Because why wouldn't he be? He returned to, well, and this is what you would do in that case. He returned sure. to Ontario after a couple days. Ordered Claude, because he has Claude again. He ain't doing Bald. nothing. Well, Bald Claude. They let yeah. him down. Bald Claude, yeah. Claude, let get your ass and shovel, get over here. They dug up Solange's body because they couldn't, you know, send her in and uh they poured vinegar on her internal organs to keep the worms off of course before they buried again and he got jocked to make a hole in her skull with a hand drill now you got to remember he's convinced that he's pregnant with this woman he's going through all this it seems to make some sense to him but it don't make a goddamn bit of sense to me um so he masturbates into the hole in his head in her head no, I mean, this makes perfect sense to this guy. Now, her wish had been to be cremated, and my guess is she thought this bastard might do something like this in the future and said, no, please just set me on fire. Wait, 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 wait. Go back to read that sentence again about then he masturbated in the hole. Um, hold on, where are we at? Right here. Then he masturbated in the hole. Yeah, then, yeah, he dug, drilled it with a hole, he masturbated into the hole, Spilling his seed into her rotting brain. That's what you wanted me to yeah. get there? That was some that, that was some prose at Keats. So, so Solange's wish, of course, had been to be cremated because yeah, cremate my ass too if I'm ever around some some bitch like that. I don't want to be 
it's like you resting all peaceful and like, oh, you know, I had a good life, whatever, and then all of a sudden somebody digging you back up. Is it like that? That's a bullshit right there, yeah. So anyway, Roche decided to, on July 6th, he decided he was going to be a doctor again, Timmy. Okay. He remembered that Gabrielle had a stiff pinky finger and told her to put a hand on the kitchen table. No, you missed the spot. Oh, hold on. After burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd been, okay, so he decides to burn the body. All right. Right? The one he masturbated. The one he masturbated on. Collects some fragments, put them in a jar, and he would regularly masturbate into that jar in an attempt to bring her back to life. It's like a vampire if you got the ashes and you drip blood on them. Mm. It doesn't work like that with a person. It doesn't work like that with a vampire either. Do you know that for sure? Yeah, I do. I don't think you do. You don't know my life. Well, anyway, and so he decides to play doctor again. He remembered that Gabrielle had a little bit of uh, arthritis in her pinky finger there and told her to put a hand on the kitchen table, and then he stabbed her in the hand with a hunting knife. I mean, you really don't want to This ain't the kind problem. of guy you want to say, oh, look here, do I got something in my eye? Because he jab a damn hunting knife in there. So, anyway... He stabbed her in the hand. After 45 minutes, he came back over to see her whole arm had turned blue. So he went and got a carpet knife and whittled her arm halfway between the elbow and the shoulder. He whittled all the way to the damn bone. Too drunk to finish, he called Chantel over to finish the job. She cleared away a band of exposed bone and went all the way around Gabriel's arm. Then he used the dog meat cleaver and cut off Gabriel's arm. The next day, Gabrielle went to a woman's shelter, but then returned again to the compound. Now, a couple days later, Roche decided that her stump was gangrenous, used a pair of scissors to cut out the infection. He also whacked her on the head with the side of an ax, and she fled into the bush. When she came to her senses two days later, because those head axes will fuck you up, man. You get hit in the side well, of the head with an axe, well, it will jack you well, up Well, I mean, I can good. see maybe trying to clear out the infection, but what was the whack in the head about? Just so she didn't feel the pain. Okay. So it was a humanitarian thing, I think, Timmy. Uh, I don't know. Thank you. Anyway, no, wait a minute. Um, she found that insects had laid eggs in the head wound that she got after he treated the gangrenous stuff. So now, this tail that we have won, I'm about to get a... Uh, to the happy ending here. She returned to the cabin to find Roche drunk. Jocks used a blowtorch to cut a piece off the drive shaft of one of the old cars. They had in the yard, he heated it till it was metal hot and cauterized the stump. Um, but he was so drunk, he kept dropping it on Gabrielle, giving her burns everywhere else before he could. This guy don't seem like he knows a lot about medicine to me. You think? <laughs> yeah. You think? But uh, anyway, when finally the police were called and a charge of aggravated assault against Roche was made. The police get there with a warrant. The compound was deserted. Roche, John, Jacques, Chantel, Jacques, Jacques, Nicole, uh, they took off. They fled to Quebec. The others had gone home to their families. It took police six weeks to find them, and it was not until October 6th, Timmy, mm-hmm. that Gis- Giselle decided to tell anyone about Solange's death. Everyone pleaded guilty to all charges laid against them. Uh, related to the amputation, Timmy. Now, Roche received 12 years, Jock, five years, Chantel, two, Nicole, 18 months. The police also pressed charges against Rock for his first degree murder of Solange. 
But when the court found there was insufficient evidence that the murder had occurred, been premedicated, premedicated, goddamn. <laughs> we need to be premedicated before we do some shit like this again. Rock was committed to a trial for second degree murder. Um, he made a de deal, plea deal. And let's get to the happy ending. He went to prison, he was rejected for parole. And on February 26, 2011, Timmy, now mm -hmm. he's in prison, thinking, yeah. okay, I got a, you know, got locked up. The 63-year-old Roach, because that's what I'm calling him now, Timmy, not Rock, Roach. Roach. He's like a Roach. He was found dead near his cell. Matthew McDonald, former lead singer of the Doobie Brothers, mm -hmm. a 60-year-old convicted murderer, stabbed Roach in the neck with a shiv. And then walked over to the guard station, handed the guards a weapon, and proclaimed, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's a knife I sliced his ass up. He was dead. That's the happy ending you were looking for there. <laughs> so, Randy, what's your final thoughts on <laughs> Rock Ferrant, the anthill kid cult? Bit of a dick. <laughs> Bit of a dick. Not a fan of all of that. Not a big fan of the rock. Not a no. Not a fan. Not a fan of that guy. Colonel, your final thought. Who's the guy? Who's the guy Dracula had? His little helper. What? Renfield. Renfield. That's what Claude was, I believe. I don't know if Renfield was ever strung up and had his pubes waxed off. <laughs> he would have done it though. If Dracula would have thought of it, he would have done it. Mm. Okay. Well, I don't, that I don't was feel good now. Final thoughts, I don't Tim. feel good now. I just, you know. It's a tragic tale. Jesus. Sad. Tragic? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll go with tragic. All right. All right. So, thank you, Jason, for the script. Okay, so now we're going to uh, ad lib, because, you know, everything else is so planned out, what we do, well rehearsed. Yeah, it's everything synchronized and scripted. Um, so you want to, like... Um, Take some questions. Does anybody have any questions? Because they're all they're sitting there looking in shock right now. Like son of a bitch, he had his. Yes. I was drinking water, son. You needed to keep a close eye on me. I was drinking water the whole damn time, and you can't prove differently. <laughs> uh, any other questions? Yes. Yes, ma'am. The the lovely lady over here. Oh, rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. That's a well, good point. Well, they had rock. I they mean. had rock. Yeah, they had rock. That's what happens when you get socialized medicine. They're like, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. Just lay me on the table, cut my intestines out. That's why you never have socialized medicine. <laughs> Dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> God, goddamn Obamacare caused people Thanks, to lay Obama. on the table. Thanks, Obama. You got Rocco Care. Yeah, Rocco Care. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, rock, okay. Okay, any other questions? Y yeah, yeah, Nick. Where do these babies come from? Where do these babies come from? Not I mean, a you know uterus. You know this. They don't Earth. come from me. Well, they don't come from me. I don't have Google. 
Well, maybe you should. When mommy and maybe you need to explain the female anatomy again. I've done this way too many times, Nick. But but if you go to my page, I'm gonna have some drawings up. <laughs> some some before and afters. Uh, Dominique. Oh, I guess we answered her question about yeah. where babies come from. <laughs> Any other questions? Okay, so I think Chuck is going. You're going to call. You're going to. We do have a couple podcasters here. And yeah, not us. Like real ones. Yeah, <laughs> not us. Not us. Not right. us. God damn it. What? Are you having a Huh? I'm going to get my microphone. No, no, no. You're doing the interview. Who am I doing the interview with? Uh, well, Nina and Shelly. Can I do an interview with Nina and Shelly? Could you please come up? Nina and Shelly. Or Karen Michelle. Dominique. Dominique. Well, he's the one. He gave me names. You did a live show. They know who you are. And Jess. From New Zealand, please come up here. Where's she at? Here, just oh, you got a chair? Okay. Oh, for fuck's sake! Chuck just wanted to be around all these women. For sake. Yeah, this is not a. This is probably the most pleasant part of the day for me so far. So. Now, I will start with uh, you. Miss Nina, you have a very, very successful, um, very successful podcast. I mean, it's not like History Dweebs. No. But it's no. very... No, I do okay. Somewhat, you do okay. Yeah. You do okay. Uh, already gone. Yes. How, can I ask you this, how, how did that come about? Well, I had to quit working because my daughter became ill. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to podcasts as a way of coping with being stuck home all the time and not being able to go anywhere. And after a few months of that, I was like, I could, I could do this, and decided to start a podcast. Now you, but you have kind of a niche. You specialize in certain types of cases. I tend to cover cases out of Michigan and the Great Lakes region. And they're typically cold cases, aren't they, a lot of times? I like older cases. I like things that are 15, 20, 30 years old, because especially if they're unsolved, you can then take a nice long look at the people that were involved in it and see what they've been up to since. Now, a lot of times, are those people, do you have to worry about what you say because people are still alive? Sometimes. I mean, like, you say, you know, I think this guy did it. I try not to get into that. I try and present what's out there in the uh, public realm. And if someone is named, if someone is not named publicly, I'm not going to name them publicly. Oh, like if okay. the police haven't named them as a suspect or haven't named them as a person of interest. But if their name's in the paper, say in other regards, I may present the evidence that sort of builds around them to potentially link them to a case. Okay. And you've been doing this how many episodes? How many years? Um, two years, uh, two and a half years, and I just released episode 101 on Monday. On Monday? Yeah. And already gone. Already gone. Now, what, um, what have you learned from history dweebs since you've been following us? I know you're a close follower and you, you try to, you, you're trying to always get better, I know that. Yes, Always absolutely. trying to improve, so I know you listen to us a lot. What have you learned? Oh my goodness, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> well, a 
Because I've listened in. The, there's not a lot of jokes in yours. I just have to say. No, no. I tend to be a little more serious, a little, yeah. little drier. Yeah, but it's a great. You have a great voice, so it's well. Thank you. Nice to listen to. Thank you. So. Yeah. But you could use a little more comedy. In there, yeah, I, I need to lighten things up a little bit. That's yeah. why I'm here. It's to watch watch the masters in action. Well, let me just give you. A, balls are always funny. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I would you agree can never that. go wrong with balls. No, no, clawed balls. <laughs> clawed balls. Clawed bald balls. Right. <laughs> clawed bald balls. That Claude should be a addiction balls. thing. Diction exercise. Yeah. I'm going to say that to warm up for my podcast next yeah. time. And last year you came up and did a part with me. I did. On History Dweebs. I did. The, the Holy Rollers. <laughs> That's right. They were rolling. More, more. More, I, I more still rolling. That. Yeah. I still, oddly, I still remember that part. Weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite an impact on the Dweebs. Well, thank you, well, Miss Nina, for coming up here, and and they can find your podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, all the all your fine podcatchers. You'll find already gone there. Already gone. I highly recommend that one. All right. All right thank you, Miss Nina. Okay, are you Shelley or Karen Michelle? Karen Michelle. Both. Karen? Both names. Both names. Yeah. Okay, so you do a podcast yourself. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I have a co-host. I hear, uh, yeah, I hear he kind of carries the show, but <laughs> oh, yeah. you're a co-host, yeah. So what, tell me about the podcast you do. That's a political podcast. Uh, yeah. wonder whose idea that was. So tell me about the podcast. Um, well, it has a kind of a, a grumpy... Um, but handsome. <laughs> man who is, leans more left side of the political spectrum and then myself and I lean a little bit like center right on side of the political spectrum and we work to find things that we agree on instead of arguing but usually there's a lot of arguing to get to the point where, <laughs> where we agree <laughs> but we try very hard to find points of agreement instead of um things to argue about. And also we look at history to try to find a common set of facts to start from instead of just listening to what everybody else has to say about it. Instead, people should listen to us. Well, let me ask you this. You have you go by two different names on the internet, which is sketchy to begin with. Um, what are you trying to hide? My family. <laughs> yeah, because... Because does your family, and here, that leads into my next question, do they know you listen to History Dweebs? Do your friends, do the people at church, do they know this stuff? I don't give details. <laughs> yeah, okay. You don't give details. And so what is the name? You have not said the name. The of name this. of the podcast is Rants and Reason. Okay, because you... He is the rants. I'm the reason. I'm just kidding. Yes, actually, if you didn't know, we do this one together, yeah. so... I am the one who does most of the research and most of the writing. For and sure. Most of the, yep. um, That's definitely other what happens. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So. You do all the research and you never yeah. complain I about don't. any no. of the process of making sure that things are fact checked. You're very, very good about never, ever, ever complaining about that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just like to make up facts because in reality, most people don't know. You can just say whatever you want. <laughs> so. And that's been, how long have you had that? Uh, since last February. At the end of last February, we've had the podcast. And, and um, how did that originate? Well, 
this time last year, you made fun of me and we started actually having a conversation and realized that we actually agreed on way more than we would have thought. Um, I believe this was after, was it before or after I threw the ketchup was, bottle? Uh, no, it was, you hit me with a ketchup bottle. That's all I remember. I, that, slightly it's kind of vague after that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, now who, uh, who does this? I'm sitting at one end of the table, she's sitting at the other, and I say, can somebody pass me the ketchup? And she literally picks up the ketchup bottle and fires it down the other end of the table. This Hit me in the damn forehead. Situation. Yeah. It was glass. Or it was glass. Hit me right in the damn forehead. <laughs> who, who is that guy? <laughs> I was just wanting some on my fries. That's all I wanted. Well, thank you for coming up. Yeah. But but finish the story. That so. that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's all. That's all there okay. is to that. So basically, you came to DweebCon and your life has been forever changed. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my political beliefs, which mm. yeah. <laughs> oh, they're but terrible. They're terrible. Yeah. Well, because I don't agree with you on every little thing, but we agree on a lot. And that's what yeah. we focus on. And we also, we, end up, we ended up doing two podcasts a week instead of one because of all the information that we saw on the internet, a lot of the memes that we saw that people were sharing that were just completely not factual. And so we take a few minutes and break apart all those memes on Mondays. And I don't care that they're not factual. She gets crazy about it. She's like, that's not true. I like facts. I just, so. yeah. So... That's all there is to that. Well, thank you for sharing. Maybe one day you'll be uh, as popular as history dweebs. History dweebs. One can only hope. Yeah, yeah. You only have the sterling reputation that we have. Thank you. <laughs> Jessica, tell us all about you. Is that working? We don't have microphones in New Zealand. It's really small. We don't need them. Hi. Tell us about your journey here. Like today? Well, not I today, goddammit. You know what I'm talking about. You come from New Zealand. You're in the middle of a theater in Cincinnati. I'm not talking about walking from the hotel. Jesus Christ. Well, you're around the most dangerous thing in the world you're all your life, and you can't answer a simple question. Well, I flew. Like, <laughs> I just, it just... Oh, your arm's tired. <laughs> oh, I'm leaving. It, um, it, you, you got the sense that you're in a roundabout way. You're from New Zealand. I, yes, so I... So I went from New Zealand to Australia. There's a lot of Australians there. Um, and then San Francisco, Kansas City, and then drove, drove from Topeka to here. So it took me, it was about 30 or 40 hours of traveling all up, over a week. Hi, Nina. Uh, hey. Oh my gosh, Nina's talking to me. <laughs> so yesterday, you, you came in with Haley, but on the way, you stopped in Kentucky and did two really important, fundamentally American things yesterday. Can, mm-hmm. you, can you tell us what happened? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we went to a really sketchy KFC um, and 
we were worried that we wouldn't actually eat the KFC. And then we took our KFC to Colonel Sanders' grave to eat it, <laughs> to pay our respects. The fact that there's not a KFC like at the mausoleum was very inconvenient. It was cold by the time we got there. Um, it was a very big missed opportunity. They could probably make some money. Now, is your co-host here? She's not. She's having a nap. Oh, okay. She's living her best life. Um, we don't do that in America. <laughs> she's American. <laughs> she lives she's a disgrace. She, <laughs> she lives in Topeka. Shout out to Topeka. Um, so, yes, I've spent the last week with her hanging out in Kansas. So you do it. She's here, you're there. Yeah, so once a week. That's a big time difference, isn't it? It's massive, it's massive. So we can literally record once a week because it's sort of late night Friday, early morning Saturday for me. Otherwise work and things doesn't work. So we can only record once a week. We just get on Skype and record our bits. And she does all the research and I write the scripts and then we record. And I meant to ask you this. I'm, I'm going to ask... Miss Nina, because I forgot to ask her, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you started podcasting, which podcast would you say influenced you the most? The one that you listened to and thought, I could do that, but I, you know, you do it your own way, but I could do that. History dweebs, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, no, I actually... Um, honestly, when I started out, I was listening to Case File was brand new. Generation Y had been around for a couple of years. I was listening to them. And as a woman podcasting on her own, Marissa of The Vanished had just launched her podcast, and I was listening to her and Heidi at uh, Unsolved, and I thought, well, they're, they're doing this. They're making this work. And that really... And then you it, thought, I got a better voice. I could do it. Hell yeah. <laughs> got them right. Okay. So what, got, what made you decide, you know, I'm going to do a podcast? Um, well... I have been listening to podcasts for a really long time and I was getting sort of involved with the community and then I thought, I can do this, it doesn't look too hard. I was wrong. It's really fucking hard. But it's been fun and made really great friends and I'm in the middle of Cincinnati instead of in Wellington, so, you know. See, and that's good. what I don't get because I've never found podcasting to be that hard. I show up, <laughs> I turn on my computer, I do this one, I show up, they got a script there, I do the other one, she calls me, says, hey, get on your computer, turn your microphone on. She has a script. I read it. I, I'm, no, what's so damn hard? When you have to do the work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm just not sure what's there. <laughs> um, you haven't actually asked me what my podcast is called yet. No, that's what we're getting into. Okay. I want you, but last night, you confused me. So when you tell people about your podcast... Be a little more coherent. I know you've been drinking a little bit. You were drinking last night a lot. So you're a little bit clearer-headed oh, today. Not that much. <laughs> so, so tell us all about your podcast, what okay. it's about. So it's called Murder Road Trip. And basically, Haley and I say that we get into her car, but we don't because I'm not there. Um, and like drive to different places where crimes have happened. And we have road trip snacks and games. And it's serious, but with light-hearted moments so so you're not actually together but so the whole thing is based on a lie yeah okay okay well that's fair enough <laughs> i mean from new zealand we come to expect that from you people but that's okay um awkward that's australia you get us mixed <laughs> no, up all the I'm time i'm sorry you're right it is australia yeah. <laughs> yeah. but 
I don't have a ketchup bottle and I like this water bottle, so. And your podcast has been around how long? Um, we just had our one year anniversary in August. So I haven't been on it since the very start. Um, Hayley was by herself for a while and then she couldn't live without me, basically. And what possessed you to get started on a podcast? Um, just seemed like something I could do, something I'd be into. And I love it and I really enjoy it, but it is hard work and I love having a co-host because she can do a lot. Yeah, I see, I, I don't get that hard work part because I... It's because you don't do anything. <laughs> that might be. That could very well be. <laughs> I, I do talk into a microphone. See, that's what I think podcasting is. I talk into a microphone, it gets recorded, and I upload it to Podbean, and it's done. So, And what's your favorite part of podcasting? Um, the people. So, like... If I hadn't have been doing podcasting, I wouldn't be here. I'd be sitting at home with my husband. Shout out to my husband, Luke, who is home with our seven-year-old. Um, well, I come to America for two and a half weeks. He's the best. Um, and he listens to History Dweebs, so I might make him listen to this episode. How did, how did you stumble upon History Dweebs? Um, and what, more, more than Facebook that... A Facebook group. A Facebook podcast we listen to, a Facebook group. And I saw Tim post something, and I was like, I'll listen to it. And he was like, just as a warning. Yeah, we, it might not be what you think it's going to be. When you, uh, when you found History Dweebs, what made you not run away? That's what I always wonder. Brandy. Brandy? Yeah. 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 You thought she was the one that was yeah. scary? and. No, I felt like I had to stick around for her. She needs lots of really? people around her supporting her. She does. Yeah. She does. She drinks. She has some problems. She has some addiction things. She, she needs all the support what I mean. she can get. Where she at? She's, she's not paying attention. She's taking selfies. <clears throat> I am <laughs> declaring my undying love for you. Could you pay attention? Yes. <laughs> Tell me again. I love it. <laughs> no, you missed it. And what would you like people to know most about your podcast? I don't know. Just listen to it. Just listen to <laughs> just it. Just listen to and it. And what it, it repeat it again? Murder road trip. Motor road. Mur murder. 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 Murder <laughs> The podcast Murder Road Trip is oh. hosted by Haley and Jess. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and all of your favorite podcatchers. You pull that, that out so that, that yeah, I'll pull that out. Yeah, <laughs> she's actually going to do my voicemail greeting while she's here and too. And people so. listen to it, they're like, "This is not good." <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, oh, thank Jess. Thank you. Let's go. Yes. Thank you. Um, can I have Nina? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. So yours is um, that's door. That's one of them. I have one in the making, and then I have this door, yes. Okay, so basically yours is kind of like a hippie podcast against a death penalty, right? No. Explain to us what it is, then. <laughs> Did you ever think we'd be sitting here with you interviewing me about <laughs> yeah. a podcast? I like 20 years ago, here, so like, just, yeah. I bet that's going to happen. Death store is, I, I actually don't take any stance on the death penalty in the show. Um, that's really important to me. It's all about educating people on um, what happens during a death penalty trial. Uh, not just a trial, but the appeals. Um, what happens during executions. 
And the main reason for that is because, generally speaking, with death penalty cases, you hear a lot at the time of arrest and trial, and then you hear a lot when someone's is executed, but you really don't hear much of anything when it comes to uh, the actual uh, process, the appeals process, and um, some of the some of the flaws, some of the complexities in that system. But your your podcast is kind of built around cases, death penalty cases that have gone wrong. No, somewhere along the line. Uh, no, I I've done episodes on people who um, it was a straight shot. They were definitely guilty, um, and I really try to mix it up because. I think that if you only focus on one type of case, you inevitably seem like you have a slant. Um, mm. And really, the only the main purpose of the show is just to get people to think about um, the death penalty from um, a more educated perspective, for lack of a better word, um, from knowing about the actual complexities, um, regardless of where they come out on it, because. You know, like if you join the group, the Facebook group, you know, you don't have to have a certain opinion. There are people who are very pro-death penalty, very anti-death penalty. So so when you got started, um, I noticed you had a, a pretty nice microphone there. Um, <laughs> I that you were using. Um, where'd you get that? Uh, Amazon. <laughs> hmm. Okay, fine. Let's move on. Who taught you how to record? <laughs> Who taught you how to record a podcast? You told me to buy my Blue Yeti, which I have moved up from. Um, oh, that's right. That's I, um, I got a lot of advice from Ben and Rosie from They Walk Among Us. I don't know if you know them, but I'm really, really I actually with them. did a podcast with Ben a couple weeks ago. Did you? I did, yeah. Um, so... She was so annoying. Yeah. Yeah, she was really, really annoying. I. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm sorry. I have another quick question for Nina. Please. Um, when you've done podcasts, have you ever been referred to as the drunk lady on the podcast? Not recently, no. Okay, thank you. Keyword recently. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move on. Let's okay. move on. So um, what got you started doing podcasts? Uh, well, a couple of things. Um, I have this uncle who is really annoying, but um, he does this podcast that's kind of funny. And I Fairly figured, successful. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, if he can do it, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think, the dwe you know, I think the dweebs have motivated a <laughs> lot of people to do podcasts because they think if those three idiots can do it, <laughs> anybody could do it. And just so we know, the, so you guys know the type of podcast we have and the, the level of professionalism that we rise to, to record today, my cell phone is taped right up there, <laughs> out, so the speaker is pushing on it. That's how we're recording this today. So we're... So... Yeah. But I will say, I stopped by to visit you one day when you were at yes. work, and you guys were recording. You did a couple episodes with And us. so you were like, hop on, and yeah. I, um, I did, and it was a lot of fun. And then you did teach me how to record. You taught me all about 
all the equipment you need and audacity and all of that. So, so you would say you. what you would say. What, what I hear you saying is, I'm more than a pretty face. <laughs> I, I, you're definitely different. <laughs> it would be from fair a to say. Face. That. <laughs> Cut her mic, please. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, and then Ben and Rosie really were like, do this podcast, do it. So, um, so yeah. And so where do you see on. the podcast heading? Um, ideally between that and debunked, which is hopefully going to be coming out soon, I'd like to um, do that full time. So. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you here. It's been such a pleasure being interviewed by you. Thank and you. And thank you all of the people that came up here, and yeah. all to all of you who have stayed. Thank you very, very much. that is it you guys can go drink to your little heathen souls contents are people getting lunch oh no it's jennifer riker smith we have to put jennifer on the podcast jennifer we're very sad you're not here jennifer Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.